you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 it's myself moment see alongside me as always the three-time nba champion mr bj armstrong bj i want to ask how are you doing this is a safe oh, space man. how are you feeling it, it, it's a safe space that's really funny real name <laughs> no gimmicks it's all good it's all love and your favorite time of the year is quickly approaching us the trade deadline so I'm giving oh, all our just listeners. Past I'm, this giving, weekend. I'm, I'm giving them a heads up because Mo is about to go crazy, and <laughs> he's going to be announcing. And my phone is open, so Mo, feel free to call anytime. Okay, we, we're going to pretend that the Lions didn't lose on the weekend because BJ don't want to talk about that. We're going oh, go to go straight to the NBA. I want to talk about that. Let me talk about that for just one minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. First and foremost, you know we are very very happy for our Detroit Lions and what they achieved <laughs> this year. Now, we are also very upset because we all had our tickets ready for Vegas and we did make it, but we lost to a really good team. And congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers, but we're back and we're coming back stronger than ever next year. So everyone get ready because it ain't over yet. And we not going to stop. We can't stop. We won't stop. We're a little disappointed right now. We're going to lick our wounds. But we from Detroit. And when we fall down, Mo, you know what we do? We get right back up. So let's get it. I respect it. We'll see you next year, baby. We'll see you next year. I hope so. I hope so. I watched watched it. I watched the first half. I watched up until they started losing. We watched the first half too, Mo. And clearly we didn't watch the second half. That's why we lost. Yeah. But it was a great game. Yeah. And, and, and it, was, <laughs> it was a great game. And it was all good. It's all love. Well, speaking of getting knocked down and wanting to get back up, that's what the Miami Heat are going to be looking to do as we approach the trade deadline because they just suffered their seventh straight loss. BJ, over the month of January, they're 28th in offensive rating, right? The only teams worse than them are the Charlotte Hornets and the Portland Trailblazers. Miami are 29th in field goal percentage, 23rd in three-point percentage, 25th in points in the paint. So they can't score on the outside. They can't score on the inside. They traded for Terry Rozier, who's had some nice performances. But I want to ask you this, because we all just have the assumption that by the time the playoffs come around, Eric Spolz is going to figure something out and they're going to be back in the NBA Finals. But should the Miami Heat be worried about their current state of play? Well, more like we say with other teams. Before we can, can start talking about the playoffs, you have to get through the regular season. And right the now, seventh Mo, right now, they are seventh. Right now, they're going to have to figure something out. It, this trade has not worked out. We all thought, you know, Terry Rozier was a nice fit for them. However, there are other concerns right now with their team. And the biggest concern right now is they can't play during the regular season, at least over the last month or so. They can't play at the level that they're going to need to play at in which we've come accustomed to of watching this team. So let's watch this with a, with a close eye. I think this probably signifies that they will be a little active or at least entertain, you know, trades and things that they're going to need to do to tweak their roster. However, I still believe in what they're doing down there, even though they're losing currently at the moment because somehow they, they figure it out. And Eric Spolster will figure this out. And I believe that somehow, some way, they'll get into the playoffs. 
Okay, let me ask you this, because Tyler Harrow, after their most recent loss, said that he's having to change his game and figure out how to become more of a catch-and-shoot guy, which we know Tyler Harrow, he's a guy who likes the ball in his hands, can create off the dribble. Do you think it would be a good idea for them to have Tyler Harrow maybe playing more of his minutes with the second units or even coming off the bench in order for him to stay true to who he is? Because he didn't seem too happy in the role that they're trying to put him in now with Terry Rozier and Jimmy Butler on the court. Well, well, the big thing here with the Miami Heat, the first thing they're going to have to figure out is consistency with their roster. Who's playing consistently every single night? That's the first thing. When Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are playing, everything else just falls into place. When guys are missing time, for whatever the reason may be, injuries, rest, or whatever the case, all of a sudden now you're you're – your, your your role changes on a nightly basis. So I think Tyler Hero is one of those kids who likes rhythm. He likes to know what's expected of him. And some nights he's a catch-and-shoot guy. Some nights he has the ball in his hands. Some nights he's a starter. Some nights he's coming off the bench. I think that's very disruptive to any player. And I think that's what he's saying. So what you would like to see moving forward is the consistency in how they're going to play. Because they have a really good team. They have guys who can score off the dribble, off the catch. And they have guys who are willing passers. So I think right now the thing that's missing from their lineup is consistency with the group. And if they can get that and settle in more to a 10-15 game stretch, I think everything else will take care of itself. Okay. Um, well, I forgot to say when we were talking about the Lions is that it looks like the city of Detroit traded in their good luck on Sunday because the Detroit Pistons actually beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, in an early tip-off game, and it was like, well, if you wanted one of the Detroit teams to win on Sunday, that wasn't the one. But we did hear rumors this week about conversations between the Pistons and the Chicago Bulls regarding one Mr. Zach Levine. What are your thoughts on that? Would you like to see Zach Levine in Detroit? Because in my opinion, that's a completely unnecessary trade because he's taking the ball out of the hands of the players that need the ball to, to play their game and develop. And it doesn't fit the timeline either. What are your thoughts on it? Well, without being in the locker room, without being in those meetings, let's figure out what we're trying to do. Are we bypassing the developmental stage? Because we've been doing that for the last three or four years up in Detroit. No doubt about that. And then suddenly we're going to just, you know, flip the script. And all of a sudden now we're going to start going for winning and take on a max contract guy and then say what? What's our expectations? Okay. So I want to hear what we're trying to do. I want to hear from the leadership there. I want to hear what is the plan. And then I can give a, what I would consider a, an informed opinion about what's going on up there. I like the young talent. I want to see, you know, the thing that's been interesting is when Cade is out of the lineup, I'm beginning to see the, the 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 development, if you will, or the maturation of two players, Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. And I like what I'm seeing. Okay, I, I really like what I'm seeing. And I don't know what that means as far as Cade and how that works, but somehow those two players in particular they've really kind of shown things that I haven't seen them do when Cade is in the lineup. Okay. 
Now, I don't know what that means. Kate is a really good player. All of those guys, I think, are really good players. But they seem to play differently when they have the ball in their hands. So do you, do you see a world in which they move their number one pick in Kate Cunningham and, and move I don't. On? I don't. like These are things, you know, you got to be in the building. Listen, anything is possible. You know, I don't know. It would it would require me to do two things to make that make that call. I would have to see these guys on a day to day basis and then try to determine. Are they guys who can actually handle being. The one two guys or the guys who can shoulder a responsibility for an organization, the one thing mode that you have to you have to do is you have to find a way to compete on a night to night basis. You can't keep losing like this. You can't keep losing 20 plus games in a row and then think Hmm. everything is going to be okay. So something has to change and you have to find out the formula. And you hear me say this all the time. You have to find the chemistry that you need. And when you find something that works, you go with it. So those two guys, I want to see play more so I can determine who they really are, because that was a really nice win. And they've done this now a couple of times with Cade out of the lineup. They've had a couple of wins without him. I'm not saying they're better with them or without them. But what I am saying is we have to figure out how to be more competitive than losing 20 plus games in a row, regardless who's on the floor or who's not on the floor. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, I've got a question for you, B, because you've spoken on this podcast before about how difficult it is to play up in Denver and up in Utah in the altitude. But have you ever, in your time in the league or your time as an executive or an agent, heard of guys that don't want to play there and find a way of avoiding playing there? You know, I I think I know who you're referring to, and I just won't allow my mind to say that. No, I'm I'm asking, have you ever heard any any players say that they don't want to play? I haven't. I have not. I have have not. But I will admit, it is very difficult to play there. And I I remember my very first time playing in Denver. And it felt like razor blades were growing through my lungs. That's what it felt like. It was so difficult. I remember the very first time playing in Denver. And even before that, I played in Colorado Springs, which is where the USA training site is at. And Mo, I, I thought I was in decent condition, conditioning, and there's no preparation for that. It is very, very difficult. But if you get through that, man, you feel like you can just run forever. <laughs> I mean, when mm. I got back home, when I got back home, I was in such phenomenal conditioning that it just felt like I would never get tired. So, but I've never seen anyone miss games out of fear. And I'm not implying that anyone is afraid, but okay, well, I will. So, so yes, you talk about Colorado. The Philadelphia 76ers have their training camp in Colorado, maybe to get them in better conditioning. Um, and to to his credit, Joel Embiid played his first game in Salt Lake City, Utah this month since 2019. However, it gets, I don't know if we spoke about this here on the podcast, but I'm still mad about it. We were supposed to have Embiid and Jokic going up against each other in Denver. And Embiid said he's available. He said he's not missing that game. And then 15 minutes before the tip-off, he went from he went from active 
to available, to questionable, to out in just 15 minutes. Now, okay, they they say the training staff said that he can't play because his knee hurts and X, Y, Z. Cool. But he's not played there since before COVID. He's not played there since 2019. BJ, the last time MB played in Denver, I was about 50 kilograms lighter than I am now. So <laughs> this can't be a coincidence. <laughs> and everyone's saying that, you know, this new rule of you have to play 65 games to win MVP is bad. They're like, oh, MB should be the MVP, but if he misses games and no, this is what makes the greatest players, the truly great players, the Kobe Bryant's of the world, the Michael Jordan's of the world, the Allen Iverson's of the world, they play these games because they mean something. Think about all of the fans who paid big money to go see that game in particular, national TV, ABC game, and then 15 minutes before, you're not playing. And then you miss the game after, and everyone's saying, look, he, he was really injured. Well, obviously, you're going to miss the game after as well, so it doesn't look like you were ducking playing in Denver yet again. So I'm mad for the fans all around the world, and most importantly, the fans who bought tickets to that game, because, you know, not my MVP, just not in my book. He's only played three games on the road this season against opponents who had over a 500 record. And um, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing against many more. So that's just all I had to say. I, I wanted to go on a rant, but I just, I'm just, you know, when your parents tell you, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. It's me. <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm not angry. Well, I'm just disappointed. Well, as, a, as a parent, Mo, I've used that line a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that line a few times and it works. <laughs> it, well, I hope it works because man, this is yet another season where we're not going to get to see that matchup. You know, there was a great matchup. He had a great performance against the Devon Nuggets and Nikola Jokic when they were in Philly, but come on, man, you can't just play at home. You know, this is an 82 game season. You've got to try to play all 82 of these games, but uh, you know, it was just, it was just very disappointing to me. And you know, I feel like we could have had a great episode where we talk about that matchup because we've not been able to record for a while now for, for you guys listening. The episodes, the last few ones have been pre-recorded. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a bit of a, a sticky situation. But what do you think about that rule that players must play 65 games to qualify for all NBA and for the MVP, etc.? Well, this is a new a new thought process for myself. Mo. The whole load management thing is very new. I'm not familiar with it. I don't understand the idea. I mean, I I, I grew up in an era where, okay, Mo, I, I mean, you know, look, look, nothing is perfect. Okay, some nights, some days, guys didn't want to practice all the time. Okay, that seems normal to me. But we all wanted to play in the game. Now, this whole thing of not playing in the game is... This is, I, I don't understand it. Like, even when I was hurt, I wanted to play in that game. Like, I was going to find a way to play. Like, playing was the reward for the practice. Okay, I'm going to do this practice because I know it's absolutely necessary for me to win in the game. It gave me purpose. It gave me focus. It gave me the discipline I knew to be committed to the end result. So, that's what part of being a professional is all about. This whole thing of not playing in the game for rest. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I've never been around players. So I, I don't even comment about it because it doesn't make sense to me. I just keep trying to imagine 
if a coach or a trainer came to me and said, Hey, we're going to keep you out for load management. No, you're not. I didn't grow up talking about now I'm in the NBA. Now I'm going to load manage. That's just not how I'm wired. Now. I don't know what that would mean in today's game. If I were playing today, but it just seems so foreign to me that I don't even know what to say because it just seems like it's just a new thought about how to play in today's world. So I, but you know, hopefully these guys will play and still value the regular season because it's very valuable. You know, we talk about me being a GM one day and I just think I couldn't do it because if you played for my team and you didn't want to play every single game, you're gone. I can't have that around. <laughs> well, Mo, if you are, if you have that thought today, Mo, you're not going to have any players on your team. Exactly. That's what it, exactly. that's what it, that's or, what it appears. Or to be. I'm going to find the 15 most hard headed dogs that want to go out there and win. Good luck. <laughs> good, good, good. Good. There's still a good few. Luck. There's still a few. Still oh, a few. yes. 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 There's still a, do you see that clip of Jason Tatum over the offseason where he said, I try and play in every game, even if it's against the Charlotte Hornets on Monday night on League Pass. He still wants to play. That's the kind of mentality you want. Um, BJ, the other thing that's been happening recently is the NBA has seen some ridiculous scoring performances. We spoke about Cat and Embiid. And then Luca and Booker took the same script and followed it up. Um, much like Embiid, Luca had 70 plus in a win. Booker had 60 plus like Cat in a loss. And um, we're just seeing extremely insane scoring right now. I think Booker averaged like 50 points for the last week or so. What are your thoughts on this scoring explosion that's going on in the NBA right now? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, there's no defense. But if you actually look at the Luka Doncic game, for example, the Atlanta Hawks were trying a lot of different things to slow that man down. And he was just simply too good. But what's your take on it? I just have one major question. Of course, the 15 over crowd, we, we got on a huge chat. And everyone had the same question. Where is the defense? Like, okay, so... Let's say Mo has it going. Mo has 20, 25 points in a quarter. Okay, that's that's possible. It's the NBA. Normal. Anything's possible, Normal. right? <laughs> okay. But here, here's the one thing that, you know, I was just listening to what you just said. You said, okay, they were trying. Okay. So, it, so my thing is, with the way the games are officiated now, okay, it doesn't matter what you do. Because these guys are going to get these points regardless. They're going to get to the free throw line if you play any level of good defense. Like, it's very rare you see someone come out and actually stop a guy nowadays. Because if there's any, even the slightest bit of contact, free throws. Okay. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. That's a that's a fair way to think about it. However, you know, I, I've, I've seen some pretty amazing scores. And some of those guys have scored on me. Some of those guys I've played against. Some of those guys have been on my team. And in the NBA, it's one thing that's not hard to do is to commit as a team to, to the following process. When a guy has it going, you force that guy to do what he doesn't want to do, which is pass the ball. 
I'm not trying to stop him, but you, I'm going to force you to pass the ball. Okay. Now, one of the elite scorers of our era was this guy, Michael Jordan. The Detroit Pistons, they said, okay, we can't stop this guy. Individually, we can't stop this guy and match up with him. However, we can take away something. We can force him to pass the ball. That's called the Jordan rules. Clearly, this generation has never seen <laughs> has never seen the rules of just make him pass the ball. So if a guy has it going, no, I can't stop Akeem Olajuwon. No, I can't stop Larry Bird. No, I can't stop Luka Doncic. I can't stop Joel Embiid. However, Mo, I can do this. We're going to force him every time he catches the ball now to pass it. Now, I can't believe that no one on the opposing teams can say we can't force this guy to just pass the ball. Every time you catch the ball, we're going to force you to pass it. I don't understand. Now, maybe it's a new rule that's a unwritten. Maybe it's an unwritten rule in today's game. You can't double team a guy to force him to pass the ball. I'm not coming to Luka Doncic to stop him. I already admit it. I can't stop him. That's why I'm double teaming you. However, I'm going to force you to do something that's going to give us an opportunity to win the game. And that, to me, is just unacceptable. Now, I, 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 I've never seen this before, so I just watch it and go, oh, okay. Like, well, why am I trying to... But they were trying to do that in the fourth quarter against Luka Doncic. Okay, again, if a guy scores 20 points on me in my defensive game plan... I have to do something. Yes. Mo has it going. Mo, this is the NBA. Everyone is good. There's <laughs> been everyone is good. It's it's like I don't understand it. So if you are that good and you have it going, okay, I'm playing against Luca. What what's let, let's go to let's do the game plan on him. I'm playing against Luca. Luca's gonna have the ball what percentage of the time? Like 46, 50 percent. Okay, a minimum. Every play is going to be ran through him, correct? Right? We're going to run the offense oh, through yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. If the team, if they set a screen, just force him to pass the ball. I'm not asking you to double team him, to take it from him. Just force him to utilize the other four players on the team. Why are we trying to double him so that he could split? It doesn't make sense. Why are we ISO? Why are we allowing him to be an ISO? He dribbles the ball all the way up to court. It's not like we don't know where the offense is going. When we play the Dallas Mavericks, let's guess on who's going to get the shot. Luca's going to get the shot <laughs> 85% of the time. So when he dribbles the ball up to court, let's just, you know, cautiously double team him to force him to do one thing. We're going to force him to pass the ball. And if the other guy scores 70 points, we can live with that. But uh, we're not going to let... On the uh, other side, I'm going at him every single time down well, when he's I, defending. I, and that that's a, that's a fair... However, I'm not going to be disruptive to my team. I'm going to... Because I want to... I want to... As a coach, you have to be consistent. 
on what you're doing. You're all, if you have a sound offense, your offense will always find the weakest defender. If you start changing your offense for specialty plays, that lets you that's that that gives a signal to your team. Oh man, this offense is not good anyway. So if you if you are if your offense is built on sound principles, we want to we want to take the best shot available. And if the best shot is the guy that Lucas Garden, so be it. <laughs> but you're all that now. If it's on sound principles, but, but counterpoint you, to that is they put Luca to guard the weakest offensive player on the other team. So okay. again, that's a trade off. Again, this is the NBA. As a coach, my job is to put the right personnel on the floor. Now, if you can't put five guys on that on that fifteen man roster that can score at any given moment, then my <laughs> my saying tweak that roster. <laughs> tweak your roster. Like, well, like, I get it. You you might be playing with one guy in the lineup and you say, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. Well, I can put my other guy on the roster to counter that. Like, Mo, like, it's a suspicion. OKC and the Timberwolves the other night is they had yes. Gobert guarding Josh Giddy so he could just roam around <laughs> and not pay attention to it. Use your imagination and let's utilize matchups. I say it. It's always about the matchups. This is the NBA. And these coaches, believe it or not, they watch tons of film. They say the, 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 the film doesn't lie. Well, okay. If the film doesn't lie, then it's your job to figure out the matchup that's going to give your team the best chance to win. I can't believe that you can't figure out how to double team a guy who's playing the point guard position. He's dribbling the ball up the court from the backcourt. It's not like you pass it to the guy and he he goes before the double team comes. He's dribbling it all the way up. It's not like he's moving fast, okay? So what's the problem? Let's just get the – how about this as a defensive principle? Let's just get the ball out of his hands. I like it. Like, that, that's <laughs> – hey, 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 okay, I'm not even saying stop the guy. Like, it's impossible to stop guy. I will even admit that. It's impossible to stop any player who has it going – one-on-one it's impossible guy gets it going that night and just say you got it going however like just go study the game it believe me you could do it now i will say this too in the same sentence the defense is at a disadvantage now probably more than it has ever been individually time. than what it's been now i will say that I think the offense has a significant advantage on one-on-one defense. I, I, I'm not complaining with the coaches on that. However, as a coach now, you must utilize your imagination, meaning you got to show different looks during the course of any game now. Because these yeah. because Throw the defense is such because the defense is such a, a, such a disadvantage. Now I will say that. So these scoring explosions, okay. But when a guy starts getting 40, 50 points, okay, I got to take it out of his hand. I can't even allow <laughs> I, I can't allow him to play one-on-one basketball at that stage of the game. Mm -hmm. I can't allow it. I just can't allow that. Now, do I want to do that style of defense? No. But you got to do what's necessary to win the game. And that, to me, 
was the most disappointing part in watching these guys. It's not that they weren't hot. It's not that they weren't capable of doing that. No disrespect to anyone. But I think as a coach now, you got to, you got to go into your bag. You got to go into your bag of tricks. You got to do whatever you got to do. You got to play a zone in one. You got to play a zone in two. You got to play double team in the backcourt. You got to play denial. You got to play a zone. You got to play. You got to do whatever you have to do at that point to get other the other players, the other four players involved in the game. Absolutely. But shout out to Luca. Great performance. Absolutely unbelievable scoring. But yeah, that's a nice little catch up on what's going on around the NBA. We'll be back tomorrow with more. And BJ, I'm looking forward to that trade deadline. So I'll be making some calls, seeing what's good around the league. And we'll see. We'll see. What you should see, about tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the smile Mo has on his face with the trade deadline. He just says it. Oh, you can see such... it through the big beard. Oh, you can. <laughs> he loves, he loves the rumors for the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting what's going to happen here and we didn't talk about we didn't talk about that thrashing of your uh, boston celtics we didn't talk about no. it. i was waiting i was waiting no, no. I, I was waiting to B talk bj about that. bj 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 whenever you ask me about celtics and i say they're not winning a championship this year and then i tell you the reasons why there's the reasons we don't need to talk about it i spoke about it a hundred times on this show just go watch Which, that Clippers game. Just, that's it. Come on, man. If the three ball ain't falling how you want it to fall and the other team is playing better, you got to be able to have some versatility with it. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. We got in that there. Anyway, appreciate you guys <laughs> tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> YouTube, Spotify, Apple. <laughs> uh -huh. Shout out to the Clippers, though. Shout out to the Clippers. We will dive into this later this week. Shout out to the Clippers. They had a great performance. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard. I really hope he stays healthy for the playoffs. But we'll be back with more tomorrow. So make sure you do not miss an episode of the Hoop Genius podcast. And more importantly, get buckets. <laughs>